The scripture for this morning comes from the book of Romans, chapter 9, verses 1 through 5. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. I am speaking the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience confirms it by the Holy Spirit. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my own people, my kindred, according to the flesh. They are Israelites, and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promises. To them belong the patriarchs, and from them, according to the flesh, comes the Messiah, who is over all, God blessed forever. Amen. The word of God for us this morning. Thanks be to God. Today we're talking about family. Family is everything. What is it that they say blood is thicker than water? We love our families. We fight with them. We struggle with them. At times we sacrifice for them or do things for them. We go through good times and bad times. We go through ups and downs with them. Sometimes in families we just drive each other crazy, don't we? We are born into our families. We don't get to pick our families. Unless you're adopted, they got to pick you. But through, though families are not perfect, they are our family. They're still your blood and your kin, your kindred. During this stay at home time, many of us have been holed up with our families for months, it seems. We have been spending a lot of time together. And at times we have gotten to know each other a little bit better. You're related to your family in a way that you'll never be related to anybody else. As long as you live, they will be your family. There's just a special bond between us and our families. And even though we know families change over time, kids grow up and go off to college or get married or move out on their own to be adults and have adult lives, family is still family. And we still go back to our families from time to time, don't we? We have family reunions, gatherings to celebrate birthdays, milestones, anniversaries. We do things in families. We go on vacations together. All the things that we do remind us that we are family, that we love each other, that despite all of our difficulties or differences or turmoils along the way, we'll always be family. At the end of the day, we have a special bond, a very strong bond that no other can replace. For an Israelite, a familiar bond was more than just a bond to their immediate family. It was more than a bond to two or three generations uh, going back to their grandparents or great-grandparents. For an Israelite like Paul, family was the whole family of the Israelite nation. It was all the people of God chosen by God to be this holy nation. And so all of Israel, as far as Paul was concerned, was his family. Think about how radical that is. Imagine if instead of thinking of your family as just your cousins and your aunts and uncles and your grandparents, you thought of your family as all the people in America, 
That's a big family, isn't it? But think about this. <clears throat> Paul belonged to one of the greatest families in the history of the world, if not the greatest. They belonged to God and God belonged to them. They were God's chosen people. Out of all the families in the world, they were the ones chosen by God to be his people and to lead others to know God. This family received God's glory and direction in a way that others had not. Think about it. He led them through the wilderness as a pillar of fire at night and as a cloud of smoke during the day. He provided for all their needs. He made sure that they were victorious in wars. He took care of his family. This family was so blessed that there were times when the odds were completely against them, but because God was with them, they still succeeded in their quest. It is easy to see why this family could get a little snobbish. I mean, if God himself led you through the wilderness like this, if he himself said he was on your side, it could easily go to your head, couldn't it? You might start thinking too much about yourself and not realize that what really makes your family special is that God is with you. This family also received the law, God's divine order on how to live righteous and good lives before God. They received it. No one else got this law. They got it. They got it inscribed in tablets of stone by the finger of God himself. They were entrusted to follow these rules, to live by them. And if you think about it, they were like the strict family in the neighborhood. Everybody else could have multiple gods. They could only worship one. Uh, they, they couldn't do everything that everybody could do. They, they weren't supposed to steal or cheat or lie. They were supposed to treat others with dignity and respect. They were even supposed to welcome the immigrant and the alien into their land. There's so many things that they had to do differently because they had the law, but that made it part of their family. It was part of the code that defined who they were. This family was also entrusted by God to build the temple, the place where God would establish worship. They were there to be there with God to celebrate who God was in their lives, to worship God. And it was a high honor to be able to build the temple. If you recall from scripture, David wanted to build the temple for God. And, and God said, no, we're going to leave it for your son because you have been a warrior king. You have been in battle too many times. We're going to let Solomon build the temple. And the building of the temple made the temple the front and center place in all of Israel. A place where every Israelite would want to come and worship God. It was a privilege to be in God's house and to know that God was there with the people. It was a reminder that God was their God and they were God's people. And it was a reminder that God had promised to be with them. God made many promises to this family, didn't he? That they would be numerous, that they would occupy the promised land, that they would grow and prosper. He said through them, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. The promise came with a requirement, though. They needed to believe it. 
They needed to trust God when he said he would do these things. When Abraham heard that he would be the father of many nations and he had no children, he had to believe that God would give him a child. It was a family that went through many ups and downs as they tried in their faith to believe in God. But oftentimes they saw their circumstances and were, were just beat down by them and, and thought, how can we make it? It were times when they wanted to give up and turn back and just give up. And it was only by the mercy and the grace of God that they continued forward. By the prophets and leaders who continued to remind them of all the promises God had made them. This was indeed an incredible family. The Israelites could trace their family heritage all the way back to the patriarchs. They could retell the stories of the Exodus and the wilderness experience. They could tell you who their grandfather, great-grandfather, great-great-grandfather, great-great-grandfather was all the way back, all the way back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Some of you have done genealogies at times. You've, you've done your little family tree and tried to see who you're related to. And maybe you've discovered a long lost relative that was famous uh, a few hundred years ago. And you thought, wow, my family is really cool. You know, we're related to so-and-so who was really famous or did this incredible thing. Imagine being part of the family of the Israelites and being able to trace your heritage back to Abraham, who left his home in search of the promise that God had made to him. Imagine being part of that family that had Solomon, the greatest and wisest king that ever lived. There are so many figures and people in the life of the Israelite family that they were proud of, that they could look back and say, yeah, that's, that's my family. I come from that family, from that lineage. And it was out of this family that the Messiah was to be born according to the flesh. We know that it was out of the line of David that Joseph and Mary came and, and, and gave birth to Jesus. And we know that this was the promise that through their descendants, a Messiah would come into the world. Uh, so think about it. If you had to pick a family to belong to, you would probably pick somebody rich or somebody famous or somebody that has incredible accomplishments. But when it comes to families, Paul already had one of the greatest families, if not the greatest family that ever lived. And maybe you're thinking, well, he's, he's got it made then. He's got the best family. Yet when he reflects on his own family, Paul says that his heart is full of anguish. It's, he's in pain for his family. It caused him a lot of pain to think about his brethren being lost because they had not accepted Jesus as the Messiah and the Savior of the world. He even says, you know, I'd be willing to trade places with them. I'd be willing to give myself up to be accursed and separated from Christ if it meant that they would know Jesus, that they would be saved. Sometimes it brings us great sorrow 
to know that a family member does not know Jesus, that they might be lost because they have not accepted Jesus into their hearts. We would want all of our family to make it, wouldn't we? When we get to heaven, we would love for it to be a great family reunion that everybody that we knew made it, that everybody that we knew accepted Jesus and was able to, to make it to that great reunion in heaven with God. Even that weird cousin, you can't get it, you know, you can't stand. You want them to make it too. But it grieved Paul immensely. It caused them anguish because he knew that there were many in the Jewish nation in Israel that had rejected Jesus as the promised Messiah. He had not come as they expected. He had not been the warrior that they wanted. He had not liberated Israel from the Roman Empire as they desired and established again the nation. And because of these things, many refused to accept that Jesus was the Messiah. Now, many of us can relate to what Paul is saying because we have family members or at times whole branches of our family that do not know Jesus. Whole sections of our family that have turned away from the gospel because of difficulties in life or times in which they have felt let down by God. We all have family members that we want to tell about Jesus, but sometimes we can't even find the words or the opportunity to do so. Who in your family needs to know Jesus? Who in your family still has not accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior? Who is it that you still need to pray for and intercede for because they still walk in darkness and they still haven't seen the light? Who is it that you wake up in the middle of the night thinking about and saying, God, help them. God, be with them. God, protect them. The Holy Spirit grieves us sometimes for our families. It moves us to intercede for them, to pray for them, but also to look for those opportunities in which God wants us to be a light in their darkness. Those times in which we get God's wisdom so that we can share just the right words they need to hear or simply to show them through our love and our compassion that we know Jesus and that Jesus loves them. Now, I want to challenge you to go further than just your family, your immediate family, your flesh and blood family. I want you to think like Paul. I want you to imagine for a moment that you are to intercede and to pray and to go before God, not just for your blood relatives, not just for those who are in your immediate family or your extended family, but those who form part of the family of this nation, of the United States of America. I want you to think of yourself as part of the human race, which is the largest family of all the people around the world that we all can trace back our heritage to Adam and Eve. 
And I want you to think about what it means for us to continue to witness to that larger family about the love and the grace of God and to invite them to a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. I want you to join me in prayer for this greater family and for every church out there that is seeking to bear witness to the love of Christ in the middle of racial tension, in the middle of pandemics, in the middle of closures, in the middle of just trying times, in the middle of political divisiveness, we are still supposed to be united as the family of God. One family caring for each other, seeking out the kingdom of God. We all need Jesus at the end of the day. Every single one of us needs to know that we have been invited to be a part of this great family. That the promises, that the law, that the patriarchs, that the covenant, that all of those things that Israel enjoyed are also ours because we are part of that great family in Jesus Christ. Paul says, this is the truth. This is the truth. The Spirit bears witness that this is the truth. And you and I need the world to know this truth. We need the world to see it in us. We need to show them that we really mean it when we say God loves them and we love them. That the world needs to see that we really mean it, that we will be there for them in their hour of need. The world needs to see that when we say we know Jesus, we really do because we live our lives modeled after his. We need to live and die as the people of God. And we need to proclaim Jesus over all things. There is no greater need in our lives than that of knowing Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. There is nothing that you or anyone else in your family needs more than to have Jesus Christ as your Lord. So today, I just want to encourage you to continue to pray. Pray for our nation. Pray for our leaders. Pray for every family that is struggling through this pandemic. Pray for our political process as we approach elections. Pray that the will of God and the kingdom of God will continue to come here on earth. And then don't just pray, make it happen. Be part of the solution. Bring about the kingdom of God for the whole family of God, for the whole human race. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you because you have put in my spirit to be grieved over our nation, to be grieved over all the families that don't know you, to be moved to prayer and intercession for those in our own immediate family and extended family that don't know Christ. I ask, O oh Lord, that each one of them will know your perfect love in Jesus, that each one of them will come to know the light of Christ that takes away our darkness, that they will receive the redemption and the forgiveness that only Christ can bring. 
I ask, O oh Lord, for our nation that you will unite us under Jesus, that you will unite us under your kingdom, and that your will will be done in our lives. Help us, O oh Lord, as we continue to make it through this pandemic, to, be, to remind ourselves that you have promised to be with us till the end, and that if you're with us, nothing can stand against us. We thank you, Lord, for this time of worship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.